Hello, friends, family, and future friends. Welcome to the What Now podcast. I am your host, Jermaine Ekra. You see, I've been thinking if this podcast is going to be a catalog of people's stories, adventures, highs, and lows, it is only fair and makes sense that I begin with my own personal story. My story begins in Africa. More precisely, Ivory Coast, in a small town on the outskirts of Abidjan called Bonoir. Bonoir holds a very special place in my heart because that is where my family story begins, where I was born and raised. It's the only place in the world where I completely feel free, at peace, and a certain level of tranquility overcomes my whole body. If I were to use a sentence to describe how I grew up, it would be, it takes a whole village to raise a child. What do I mean by that? You see, in our culture, the children are not raised solely by the parents, meaning the mother and the father. It is raised by the whole family, thus creating a very strong sense of family and community. Being raised in that way also comes with a lot of different benefits. Precisely, you never felt alone because you were surrounded by your family, you had your cousin that you could play with, as well as you felt very safe because the community protected the, the children and you could roam the whole city, go anywhere you wanted, and because of that strong sense of community, you could go anywhere, you can go to anybody's house, and they would always take care of you or feed you because they saw you as one of their own. This strong sense of community I have carried with me to my adulthood because community to me is everything and it is very important. I also went to school in Ivory Coast up until the age of 10. School in Ivory Coast was very interesting. Interesting in the way that it allowed us to view authority and respect authority. So in the mornings, what would happen is you would come into class, but you would wait at the door and you would greet your teacher before he came into the classroom and then when everybody was in the classroom all the kids in the entire school would come outside and we would all line up in front of our classrooms and we would sing the national anthem and there would be the one kid that pulled the flag upwards but you had to make sure that you reached the end of the pole with the flag by the time the anthem was done or else you would be in a lot of trouble and then the other component was when you were in the classroom when the teacher asked you a question and you knew the answer you would stand up and answer the question but one of the aspects that thinking back on it that i didn't like at all was the fact that they would announce the report card in front of the whole class so what they would do is at the end of the semester they would line up all the kids in a row and they would announce who got first who got second so on and so forth until the last person if you got last let me tell you the kids were terrible they were terrible they would make fun of you and the whole neighborhood would know that you finished last so you did not want to be that kid that finished last i never finished last if you were wondering that's one aspect of growing up in ivory coast for all of you wondering if the teachers in the ivory coast discipline the kids the answer is simple yes at least when i was there okay <laughs> and i got disciplined not a lot but a lot <laughs> because i was a class clown i would always be distracting my friends doing silly things so discipline would be getting hit with the ruler or having to stand on your knees in the hot sun which i would not recommend the african sun is no joke but aside from that school was quite pleasant i love going to school i love learning once school was out most of my summers were spent on the family farm my family are mostly farmers we would farm coffee beans cacao which is the raw material for chocolate, rubber, which comes from a tree called Eveach. I don't know the term in English. And also peppers, tomatoes, cassava, Accra. I wonder if uh, Ghana named its capital Accra because they cultivate a lot of Accra. Somebody tell me, I'm not sure. I don't know, I'm just assuming. But being on the farm taught me to have a strong work ethic and learn over time that you reap what you sow. So the effort that you put in 
is what is gonna come back to you. I love every single minute of being on that farm. Although I do have a story for you guys. When I was younger, I believe I was around the age of eight. Everybody on the farm had a machete. And I also wanted a machete because not only were you a man, but you could also help out. You were useful and you could help clear the fields on the farm. And I wanted to feel useful. So I found this machete and my mother told me, Jermaine, put the machete down. You're going to cut yourself. And obviously I'm stubborn and I didn't listen. Took a piece of wood. I started cutting it with the machete. And before you know it, I sliced my finger, but I didn't know how deep the cut was. So I walked up to my mother. I showed her my finger that was bleeding. I had no pain and I slowly tried to see how deep the cut was and it was literally hanging out by the skin. My poor mother standing there looking at me thinking to herself, this dumb kid, I just told him not to play with this machete but he did not listen. Now his finger is bleeding. She just finished a long day of work on the farm and now my finger is bleeding. There's no hospitals in sight. She has to run back into the fields, gather some herbs and put it on the wound to stop the bleeding. Thank God for mothers. So now one of my fingers is forever messed up. It grows in two parts. I should have listened to my mother. It's like they say, mama always knows best. I should have listened to her. That's my village story. And after that, my mother never let me have a machete again. My father was living here already for many years. So in 2003, we came here and joined them. You can imagine being a kid growing up in Ivory Coast and moving to Canada. It was quite a culture shock to my system, not only for myself, but also for my siblings. We had a lot of adjustment that we needed to do. The worst part was getting used to the winters, coming from such a hot climate to a place where the winters would be in the minus 30s. It was not at all pleasant. But some of the challenges that we faced were interesting. For example, my father, when we initially got here, he had to tell us that we could no longer go out explore the city because out here people kidnap kids so we only stayed in the one area that we lived in which at the time was around Don Mills area an apartment building called Graydon Hall if any of you guys know it and then on top of that when we were at school because we only spoke French what people would call African French whatever that means kids at school would make fun of us they would ask us questions like do you guys fight lions do you guys live in huts? Is there grass in Africa? And obviously when you're younger, you don't really think about those kind of things because you don't know any better. But kids were very mean. Those were some of the challenges that we had to face. Learning the language was also quite difficult. We had English class at school, but the best way for us to learn English was through the television. So we would come home and we would watch television for hours and hours on end. But thankfully, I had my siblings with me and we were all going through that whole process together. And we were able to adjust to life in Canada after a couple of years. But it was truly difficult. It was truly hard to adjust. I constantly wanted to go back to Ivory Coast. I constantly wanted to go back to that sense of community again because once we moved here, we realized that it was very individualistic. So it was just us and our family. And we were so used to being in big communities that we wanted to make friends with everybody. But the kids would look at us like we were weirdos. We would revert back just to ourselves, just to the four of us. And that was hard. That was hard for many years until we started understanding Canadian culture and getting used to Canadian culture. And then it became easier. But for a long time, I didn't really want to go back to Ivory Coast. And then eventually, I moved to Vancouver. And that is where the podcast story begins. So me as a person, I just love the art of conversation. I truly believe there is a certain intimacy that you share with somebody through conversation because the person is sharing the experience with you. They're sharing the stories with you. 
that later on becomes part of your own story, part of your own experiences that you can use, that you can learn from. Also, when you talk to strangers, being on the street or in a bar or wherever it may be, within that conversation, there's a sense of mystery because you don't know where the conversation is gonna go. You don't know where the person is gonna take you. So for me, that's, that's exciting. But where my true appreciation for storytelling and conversation comes from, once again, it is from my culture because the language that we speak, which is called Abure, it's not a written language. It's all oral language. So there was a lot of storytelling from my grandma, for example. She would tell us stories about her youth, how they grew up. And for me, I found that fascinating. I would just sit there with big eyes, just listening. And then also, in our culture, when you travel and you get to Ivory Coast, when I arrive, I have to go see the elders. Announce to them my arrival, tell them about my journey, about my travel, how it was, why is it that I've come to Ivory Coast. So storytelling is very much part of our culture. Later on, when I was older, my father started telling me stories about my grandfather, who had passed away many years ago, telling me about how he grew up and the struggle that he faced when he was a young man, how his father couldn't afford for him to go to school. So he started working very young and then how he came about buying the piece of land that we own that we farmed on. The story goes as such, my grandfather, when he was a young man, instead of working and getting paid in cash, he wanted to get paid in land. He would work up until he finished paying off that piece of land and that land would become his. And later on was turned onto the land that we would grow and we would farm on. To think that at his tender age, he had the presence of mind to want to do that because he was thinking about the future generation of his family. It's quite tremendous. I give him a lot of credit. I am truly thankful for the sacrifice that he made for our family. And then eventually how he built the houses that we lived in. All of that was fascinating to me. And I spent hours and hours just listening to him talk about my grandfather. When he was telling those stories, I felt a very strong connection to my grandfather. I felt like I knew exactly what he was going through. That I had lived there and I had seen it for myself. Another reason why I wanted to start the podcast was through a conversation that I had with one of my coworkers. At the time, I was working at a new restaurant that I had just started. I had freshly moved to Vancouver and me and my coworkers were going out for a drink, which is very normal in the serving industry. After work, go out for a couple of drinks, kind of relax a little bit. And we were talking about our interests. And she asked me, what is it that you're passionate about? What is something that you think you should be doing, but you haven't started yet? And the first answer that came to my mind was, I've always wanted to start a podcast. I've always wanted to have a channel where I could tell stories, interview people, and listen to people's stories. So she said, why aren't you doing it? And I couldn't come up with a good enough answer for her. So she said, you should just do it. It's not that complicated. All you need is a couple mics and you already have a laptop. So then I went home that night and I was thinking about it. I was like, why? Why am I not doing this? What do I have to lose? If I put it out and nobody listens to it and nobody likes it, that's okay because at the end of the day, I'm doing it for myself. I'm doing it because I want to learn about people. I am doing this not only because it's a passion, but also because it challenges me. A lot of my friends know me as somebody who is very bad with technology. It takes me a lot of time to learn how to do these kind of things. And given that this was a medium that I had never worked with before, it was a lot of challenges. And I'm going to be honest, I wanted to give up a lot of times, but I kept reminding myself, this is something that you love. This is something that you really want to do. So you have to put in the time. And thankfully, I had friends who had podcasts who were able to help me learn how to edit. And then on top of that, I was also able to acknowledge that I have weaknesses in a lot of different areas. And I asked my friend for help to help me 
create a structure that I could put in place and follow in order to be able to become productive. And I asked friends, how do I go about promoting myself online on social media? Because to be honest, I hate social media. But in this day and age, this is the medium under which you promote yourself. So I had to learn and I had to let go of my ego and ask for help. It will teach me a lot of different things that I don't know about the world, about all these different disciplines that exist in the world. Example, designing, athletes, their lives is fascinating, the things that they do. Just people in general fascinate me. Eventually, I got the courage to buy a mic and started interviewing my friends. And I loved every single minute of it. It was so fun. It was so liberating. So I decided that I'm just going to do this for myself because it brings me joy. And I'm very big on doing things that bring you happiness. Because at the end of the day, all that we have is ourselves, our families, and all that we're striving for is to be happier individuals. And we only have one life, as cliche as that may sound. It is true. So why not spend your time doing things that bring you happiness? So this brings me happiness. So I'm going to pursue this. I am looking mostly forward to the conversations that I'm going to have, the learning that I'm going to be doing, and the many stories that people are going to share with me and the many stories that I'm going to share with you guys. Obviously today, I haven't told you the full story of myself, just a little glimpse of who I am as a person. As time progresses, I am slowly going to unpack. We are going to get to know each other that way. This is quite important to me. I've decided that at the end of each episode or through the podcast i'm going to be asking a couple questions because i want us to interact with each other so today's question is where are you from did you migrate to canada and if you did what are some of the difficulties you faced when you got here what is it like where you grew up finally what are some passions that you have what is stopping you from pursuing those passions make sure that you tune in for next week's episode it's going to be a fantastic episode i'm interviewing my friend cody also known as known he's a musician he has a fantastic fantastic story it is one that is very eye-opening the way that he goes about producing his music what it means to him with that being said come and follow me on the gram baby let's talk i want to hear your answers share with me let's discuss at le what now pod le what now pod come and follow me let's talk baby i'm here to listen to your answers and interact with you i would love to welcome each and every one of you to the what now podcast thank you so much for listening i wish you a wonderful day a wonderful evening and with that being said goodbye friends and i will see you next week ciao